Good morning, everybody. This is another podcast with Parade the Elephant, looking at topics in the Bible, life situations, different things that we struggle with, uh, and speaking about the elephants in the room, talking about topics that other people don't often want to talk about. And the book of Romans, where we are looking right now, I believe is a modern day elephant in the room. People do not often want to speak about the kind of topics that Paul is mentioning in the book of Romans, sex and sexuality, one God, creation, idolatry, all these different things. Often today, especially in the church, we have uh, people pleasing messages and more comfortable to hear messages, but we want to be faithful to the whole scripture. Uh, Good morning, guys. As part of our Awakening the Call training, we are looking at the book of Romans right now. And we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 1, verse 21 and onwards, and we'll see how far we get. We're going to read in the Passion Translation, which is taken from the Aramaic. So it may differ slightly from some of your Bibles, but you should always understand the theme. So it should never be so different that you cannot pick up the context of what is being said. So this is what it says in the Passion Translation. It says, throughout human history, the fingerprints of God were upon them. So we were looking, just to give a prelude, we were looking before at creation and how nobody has an excuse to disbelieve God. Even the Bible speaks about if they have not heard the message preached. So it's not an excuse that nobody heard the gospel because the evidence is all around us. Creation itself testifies that God is real. It is obvious from the world we live in and from our vantage point of looking at the stars, looking at the heavens, looking at the grass, the way the grass grows, the way the bushes and the fields and the way we see different vegetables. It's obvious that there is a creator. Only a darkened heart and a blind mind would suggest that there is not a creator. But then, of course, it gives opportunity for people to start believing there is a different kind of God or many kinds of gods. And that's where we get the whole idolatry, false gods. Um, We see throughout the whole Bible that there is historically Aaron, for example, who the Israelites, when Moses went up to the mountain of Horeb, When he came down in the time period that he was up the mountain, by the time he came down, Aaron had allowed the people to create false gods made of gold, images that reflected animals and even people or carved images. So there is this whole area of falsehood that has come into creation and into the world. And I believe it's because we have incorrect thinking of God. If we understood the truth of our God, we know that there is one God. We know that he is a creator. We know that he is good. We know that he is a father. So how we perceive God actually determines the condition of our own hearts. Many people are struggling with sin, with life, not because the devil is attacking them, although of course he can attack us. But often our struggle is a weak understanding of who God is. Incorrect thinking produces darkened hearts. 
It creates a smoke screen or a cloud in our minds. So if somebody feels rejected, they think that they are rejected. Everybody has rejected them. I'm no good. I cannot be good at life. I cannot have a successful ministry. It is all weak thinking produced by them not understanding who God is and who God says that they are. So if Charles knows his God and Charles believes the Bible, Charles believes the words God has spoken over him, then even if a hundred men have rejected him, even if family has rejected him, even if life is a struggle, if Charles truly believes the words God says about him, that he is loved, that he is a child of God, that he is a son of God, that he was created in the image of God, that he is fearfully and wonderfully made, that he is blessed and not cursed, that he is the head and not the tail, that he is above and not beneath. If Charles believes the truth of God's word, then he would have a strong faith. He would be able to walk in victory, even if everything else around him is saying different. The truth of God's word must be strong in our hearts, like an anchor to the boat in the sea where the sea is wavy. If the anchor is strong in the bed of the sea, the bedrock, then the ship will not be taken away. Amen. And so incorrect thinking produces darkened hearts. When we see the people around us, the Lesters, those that are struggling with their faith, those that are addicted to drugs, those that are violent, those that are immoral, those that are corrupt. The police here, most of them or many of them are corrupt. The government is often corrupt. The reason is this, or the foundation of the reason, the core, is because they are not seeing God correctly. If I see God correctly, then I cannot give in to the temptations of the devil, the world around me so easily because I would have a holy awe and reverence of God in my heart. Amen. And so when I have struggled for so many years with different sins before Christ and after Christ, I believe that the, the, the discipline I needed, the discipline my mind needed was to realign with the truth of God's word and the truth of how God sees me. I was behaving this way because I did not have a clear uh, biblical understanding of the awesomeness of God and the holiness of God and the grace of God. It's his grace, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Amen? And so we see, we are not the only ones that have these struggles. The Bible says throughout history, so this has been a historical thing. This has been happening from the beginning of time that men and women have misunderstood God and have replaced the truth of God with the lies of the enemy, with the lies of the devil. Lies from Satan are empowered because we have not correctly seen God. So if I do not believe the truth, then there is an open door for the lies of the devil to penetrate my thinking. Amen? Amen. But if I have a security of truth around me, so when we look in Ephesians chapter 6, and it speaks about the armour of God, yeah? One of the armours is the mind of Christ, the helmet of salvation. 
is speaking about the mind of Christ. So if I have a strong mind in Christ, I know the mind of God for me. I know the way God thinks about me. I know the way God thinks about my family. I know the way God thinks about my ministry. If I have an understanding that is clear from the word, according to the will of God, then when the devil whispers lies, the, the, the armor, the defense of the truth pushes away the lies. But if my thinking is weak, all of these lies come in. That's why I'm always amazed when I hear of people saying, I have been a Christian for 20 years, but yesterday I went to the witch doctor. This for me is a mystery. I'm not like that, but I'm, I'm bad in other areas. We are, we are all strong and weak in different areas. So for me, I would never entertain if, me, if I was sick or my child was sick. It would not even cross my mind to visit the witch doctor. It would not be a, a thought that I would entertain it. But some people, they are entertaining. Why? Because in this area, these women or that woman entertained a thought about God that is incorrect. She believed that God is not a healer. She believed that God is not good. She believes that God is not faithful. So all of these inferior thinking, this inferior thinking produces a weakness that the devil can penetrate with his lies. Amen? Amen. And so we are not the only ones that have been struggling like this in faith. This has been happening throughout history. The enemy has been blindsiding, has been um, attacking the minds of believers forever. It's an historical truth, okay? It says this, that they refused to honour him. Who is they? They are the ones that the Bible was talking about previously, where we see the opposition of truth and the excuse of man and the ideologies that people have made that God is not the only creator or God is not a creator. You see, all of this has come because of inferior thinking. Amen? So, Colinto, if you have strong thinking about God, the truth of God, how God views you, how God loves you, how God blesses you, then you will be a weapon in Malawi against the enemy and against the plan. Charles, the first thing God spoke to you, the word of God that you heard, was that you would be a weapon. Amen? Amen. That you would be a weapon. So the first thing that God said to you as a new believer was you will be a weapon. So you begin to understand that you are not just a Christian walking around saying, I believe in God, I believe in God. But you are an arrow in the hands of the Father to pierce the darkness around you. You bring the truth of Jesus into the lives of other people. Amen. So we become weapons, evangelists missionaries, powerful children of God, effecting change on the earth because of our knowledge of God. Amen? Okay. So when they entertained, this is what the Bible says, they entertained corrupt and foolish thoughts about what God was like. 
okay? They entertained corruption. Why is the government in such a mess right now? Somebody somewhere entertained the idea of corruption. Somebody's heart was darkened and they entertained dishonesty in the money, dishonesty in the voting, dishonesty in the behavior of the, of the government and the policies. There was an entertaining of it. I could have more money if I took the bribe from these people. The minute you entertain the thoughts about sin, when you give it entertainment, amen, that's when you end up into darkness and sin. So if lust comes into my mind through a demonic attack, that is not my fault. I have not sinned. That is not me being a weak person. The devil has pushed an idea, pushed an idea, pushed an idea. But when I say, that's a nice thought. Ah, yeah, that would be nice if I was to do this. If I was to look at that image on the internet, if I was to allow myself to flirt with this other woman who is not my wife, as I entertain that thought, that's when that thought becomes a sin and starts to take a hold of my mind. Amen? That's when I am now in danger of being led into some kind of sin. For Charles, who has come from the background of alcohol, or too much alcohol, as you know, I am not one of the preachers in Africa that says, sin, alcohol is sin. I do not believe alcohol is sin. It is not. Preachers here are labelling alcohol as sin because the way it has been abused here. Amen? But as I've said, sex is not sin. The abuse of sex is sin. The taking sex outside of marriage is sin. But if something is in the boundary of God, then it is not sin and we should not say it is sin. We have to be understanding of this. Amen? That's where the religious spirit comes in. That's where legalism comes into the church. Because people, one of the bishops who is my friend, I said, why do you say alcohol is sin? Do you believe alcohol is sin? He says, no. The Bible is very clear that alcohol is not sin. I said, why do you, I keep hearing you preach that alcohol is sin? Ah, if I do not put fear of God in people for alcohol, they will take too much and they will become a, a drunken. I said, but you are in as much sin preaching a lie from the Bible as they are for being a drunken person. You have to teach people how to have strong character to resist the abuse of a thing. Not tell, otherwise you might tell people who are struggling with sex, sex is sin, do not have sex. Where do we stop adding to the Bible and making laws that are not in the scriptures? Amen? And so you can see it's because people have entertained the abuse or the um, taking something and allowing it to go too far. So we will see that soon in the area of sex and sexuality. We now in the UK have many people calling themselves Christians, even calling themselves pastors and leaders of the church. And they are saying, even publicly, it is okay for two men to marry, have sex and lead the church of Jesus Christ. Two women. In you, I can take you to London and walk you into churches on a Sunday packed with people 
worship going on, songs being sung, and the leaders at the front are two women that are married together, or two men that are married together. And it is fine in the eyes of the, of the, the Church of England. The law is passed, it's fine. It is even now illegal. You can be arrested and sent to prison if I preach Romans 1 and verse 24 onwards. If I preach this and say, I believe that this is the scriptures of God, they can put me in prison now in my country. That's the condition of the the mind of the church. So I now know many, many Christians that are refusing to preach these topics. They will not mention them. They say, ah, this is not the ministry God has given me. So I just stay away from these topics. And if somebody else wants to deal with this, let them deal with it. Really what that person is saying is, I am weak. I am insecure. I am afraid of the persecution. I am afraid of the opinion of the people around me. I am afraid that I might lose some fundraising money. I am afraid that I might lose some members of my church. I am afraid of what other people will think and say about me and my reputation. I am afraid that I might not be allowed to preach in this country. Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham, you know of Billy Graham? You've heard of Billy Graham? The greatest evangelist the world has ever known since Jesus in the area of the amount of people that were born again through this ministry. Franklin Graham is now leading Billy Graham's ministry and he has just had to cancel a big planned crusade tour of the UK. It was booked in, all of the um, venues were booked, the ministry was going on, the organisation was going on, they had to cancel it because every single venue refused to allow him to come in because they heard he did not believe that marrying two men was okay. For this reason, he has been banned from preaching in the UK. And so now people go, oh, this happened to Franklin Graham, so I must keep quiet. I must not say anything because my ministry will be small. No, your ministry will be like Jesus. Your ministry will be like Jesus. And people have shamed me. People have spoken about me because I have written the book, Coming Out Gold, speaking about sexual sin, testifying. I have been caught in sexual sin. So some was confessed, some was found, you know, internet pornography, these things. And so men of God, women of God, people of reputation in my country would speak about me. But I know some of them, the same ones, they will refuse to talk about homosexuality. They will not post about it. They will not mention it in their sermons. If questions, they will not say, yeah, I agree, homosexuality is a sin. It's wrong. Homosexuals would go to hell, which is what the Bible says. They say, oh, you know, we have to be so careful how we speak about it. Yes, be sensitive. But the Bible says, speak the truth in love. Okay? Who is more of a sinner and weaker in character? Me for being caught in sexual sin with pornography and online things? Or the preacher that refuses to speak the Bible? I think the same. I don't think that one is less or worse a sinner 
or less or worse character than the other. One may be repeatedly falling or fallen in the past into those sins because of an addiction, because of a weakness, because of deception, whatever. Sin. Because of sin. But then the others that will name and shame and point the fingers at other people, but some of them will refuse to lift up the whole Bible for the fear of man. Ah, because I am friends with some people in the local government. And if I speak about these things, I would lose this position. That means you are refusing to stand up for the truth of the gospel. And in my opinion, that makes somebody as weak as any sinner in sex, sex offence or sex addiction or whatever. Or corruption in the government. It's all the same roots is what I'm trying to say. No one is worse than the other. God is not saying you are worse than you. Sin is sin. And the root cause of sin is because we have not correctly understood our God. If we correctly see God, then the fear of the Lord will be in our hearts. The love of God would be in our hearts. Love compels us to obey God. So all of these things come from the same root cause, which is an inferior thinking about the true nature of God. Amen? All right. And so they entertained corrupt and foolish thoughts about God and what he is like. This left them with nothing but misguided hearts steeped in moral darkness. When we do not think correctly, darkness grips our hearts. And it's our hearts that condemn us. It's our hearts that tr- uh, prove the true nature of who we are. It is the heart that God came for. He came to save our hearts from sin and from sickness and from disease and from corruption. Because that is the core of us. Our heart is the real me. My heart is the real me. The real me where no one else can see me. I am alone with my thoughts and with my intentions and with my desires. And that speaks of who I really am. Now, do not feel judged, condemned or ashamed because you will know, I know, none of us are really. The people on the podcast, if they are honest, they will know. The big preachers in the Crusades, if they are honest, they will know that none of us are truly the same when we are alone as we are when we are in our church family or on the platform preaching or in public. Amen? All of us, whether we like to agree or not, we will have a, an appearance of being a certain way. But maybe when we are with some friends that are not from the church, the joking is different. The humour is different. The thinking is different. The talking is different. Maybe when we are alone with our wife or with our husbands, we are not as peaceful, we are not as loving, we are not as kind. I know that at three o'clock in the morning, when my Afia has screamed again and woke me up and shouted, sometimes it's because she's having a nightmare, but sometimes it's because she is looking for attention and she is trying to stop going to bed, she wants to delay going to bed. So sometimes she shouts me and says, oh, Papa, I've had, a, I've had a bad dream. I said, you have not slept yet. You are still awake. How have you had a bad dream? Ah, it was bad thinking. It is just delaying going to sleep. But then I know that if I've had three or four nights of this, my response will not be patient. 
My response will not be loving, maybe. I might shout, I fear, go to sleep. And then afterwards, I'm feeling a bit bad. Maybe I was a little bit harsh. Because I know that sometimes I am so human, I don't even like myself. If we are honest, that is a good place for God to begin to work with us. So I'm not saying that to shame myself. I'm saying that to be vulnerable before God and say, God, I still have a long way to go to be like you. Thank you that I'm already holy because of your blood. Thank you that I'm perfect in righteousness because you have forgiven me. There is nothing more to do to add or take away from the gospel message. I cannot be more perfect in your sight and in the reality of the kingdom. But in the area of ongoing sanctification and progress in maturity and development, I am not the man I want to be right now. I see room for improvement. Amen. So we have to be able to see the room for improvement without condemning or shaming ourselves. Okay. so thank God that he can highlight sin. Thank God that he can highlight weakness, that he highlights imperfection, that he highlights weakness of thinking. But do not allow God highlighting that to bring in shame and condemnation. God is not doing it for that purpose. He is doing it so we bring it to him and he can develop us and mature us and grow us in our faith. Okay? So, moral darkness comes into the culture, comes into tradition, comes into family, it comes into the community. Witchcraft that we face here every day with the Guliman Guru and the other witchcraft, a very, very, very dark one. It's all darkness. But when I heard the story of that seven-year-old boy and they are trying, the witches are trying to get him to murder his brothers and his family, taking him at night in the spirit, making him eat flesh, human flesh and drink human blood. Ah, that is dark. That is a darkness that only the devil can produce. Amen. But all of this darkness, this moral decay, misguided hearts, it all comes as we see in the scripture because we refused first to honour God as God. We lowered, and I say we because we as, as a society, we as generations over the years, we have all done it. We have all been responsible. We have not honoured God as God. We have said the standards of sex, sexuality, sexual identity is for us to decide. So we lessened God. The minute people say I can determine or man or law can determine what is moral and what is immoral. That means we have displaced God from his throne in our thinking and we have dishonoured him. Yeah. When we say, ah, but God did not mean it. Um, That was written then. That, That was the culture back then. This is a new day. This is what God is doing now. We have dishonored God. The Bible says he is the same today, yesterday and forever. God does not change his mind. The word of God stands through. It will outlive all of us. It will outlast eternity. The scriptures are God breathed. They are Holy Spirit. They are divine. They are inspired by the Lord, written by men. But the word of God is faithful and true every single time. We can trust the word, but we cannot trust ourselves. We can trust the word, but we cannot trust our emotions. We can trust the word, 
but we cannot trust our own thinking sometimes. Amen? So when we look at our hearts, our minds, our thinking, sex, identity, all of these things, we have to go to the divine origin of the scriptures, the word of God. Amen? And so all of this darkness we are facing today in our own struggles and in our evangelism efforts and in the fight against the devil in the streets of the city, it is because darkness rules where people do not rightly honour God and think correctly about God. There is no way the police down the road there that stop me nearly every day now asking me for money to let, them, let me pass. If I was a weaker man, I would give in thinking they might arrest me, they might, but I've made it very clear. I will be prepared for you to drag me out of this car and arrest me before I give you my, my hard earned money or the charities donations because you are corrupt and dark in your heart. It will be a long day. It will be a day in, a cold day in hell before I allow myself to give in to that corruption. I will tell them no. If they say give me money or go to prison, I will say okay, we'll fight this one a different way because I'm not going to give my money. So those policemen that are behaving like that, they have refused to honour God. If they honour God, they would never be corrupt. Okay, corruption has not come just because of the devil. Of course, the devil inspires these things. But the, 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 the person to blame is me and you or them because we have refused to play, place God in the highest realm. We have, we have lowered God to our desires and our standards rather than bringing our desires and our standards to the mercy of God and saying, forgive me, forgive me, I am a wicked man. Amen. So we must have correct thinking about God. That's why the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans chapter 12. Amen. So we are transformed in the renewing of our mind. That's why I know of many once homosexual men that came to the Lord and repented, were healed, were delivered, were forgiven were washed in the blood and are now married. I know of one in England. He was desiring men. He's a man desiring men in the north of England. Uh, I know the pastor and the pastor told me the story. And he admitted, he confessed, I'm struggling with my sexual desire for men. Um, does this mean I'm going to be taken out of responsibility in the church? And they said to him, no. Only, as lo only if you act out on your sexual desire and become sexually involved, that is the sin, um, then we could not have you in the responsibility of the church. But as long as you are staying sexually clean, you're not giving in. So a single man desiring a woman is not in sin. The, the sin happens when he gives in and starts having sex with the woman before marriage. Yeah? So the actual desire... You are not being blamed for, you are not being beaten up for, you are not being condemned for. There is just an issue in the heart that needs to be addressed with God. But the story is and the miracle is, one day as that man kept submitting himself to God, kept staying faithful in the area of his sexual um, behaviour, did not give in to the sex, did not go and have sex with other men, did not start dating other men, kept himself away from all of that. One day he cried out, went to the church leaders and he said, I'm so happy, I'm so happy, I'm so happy. I started to desire this woman. 
he started to fancy a woman because his heart was turned by God back to the original design, back to the order of God's creation, back to the order of procreation. Two men cannot have a baby. So if the whole world was homosexual, then after maybe 80 years, the world is dead. Yeah, it's very, very obvious in the natural order of things. Two women cannot produce a baby. So if the world was all lesbians and all homosexuals, where would the procreation be? Where would the generations would die? Amen. And then we would back, be back in chaos. So it's very clear from the order of creation. God is not trying to be mean. He is just putting biblical boundaries around sex and sexuality. And I can preach this even though I have been outside of the boundary of sexual God's holiness many times. I have failed in that area. So I'm not judging anybody because I would have to judge myself because my sin was not less than or worse than their sin. But sin is sin. And we have to hold up the Bible as the standard of what is sin and what is righteous by the eyes of God. Amen. The scripture determines I do not determine. I do not have the right. I am not intelligent enough. I am not wise enough. I am not good enough to be the judge of law, of sin, what is good, what is moral, what is not. That's why we have a God. That's why we have a holy God, a creator. He gets to decide what is righteous and unrighteous, holy and unholy, sin and not sin. He decides. So I am not preaching against homosexuals. I love them. I love homosexuals the same way I love heterosexuals and the same way I love lesbians. I love people because God is love. But God being love does not mean God lets loose whatever people want. If you have a river flowing, fast flowing river, heavy rains, you see the river flowing. What stops the river coming into the village and destroying is the banks of the river. Yeah. The banks of the river are not controlling, they are guiding. They are allowing the river to flow in a direction that will not destroy your homes and destroy your children. But you have seen when there has been heavy rains for too long and the river banks are not strong, you end up with a flood. So instead of it flowing, it is flooding. And instead of it being life, it can bring death. Amen? Instead of it producing fruits and healthy trees all around, it can end up destroying the plants, the farming, the vegetation. And so something like sex and sexuality, it must stay in the healthy banks of the river where God intended it to flow and bring life. Otherwise, it comes out of the banks and brings destruction and disease. Amen. Now. People will not like this, especially the generation we're in. I'm opening myself up to great criticism, especially on podcasts. I'm opening myself up to be labelled all manner of evil. Um, I am confessing that I have much sin to deal with in my own life. So I am not judging the people that may be listening. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to inspire um, homosexual or homophobic behaviour or hatred to a people group. I'm trying to inspire love towards gay people. I'm trying to inspire serving gay people, blessing them, believing in them, hoping for them, um, 
being loving and good towards them, but not lowering the standard of God's word to do so. No way. The rich man came to Jesus and wanted to be like God and wanted to be um, good and wanted to obey God. He said, what do I have to do? And Jesus said to him, you have to give up all of your money. Sell, give your money away and sell your possessions. Give to the poor. And he went away sad. Jesus did not say, it's okay for you to be filthy rich and have money as an idol in your heart and be greedy. Jesus used the word of God to challenge the condition of that man's heart. And it's the same with homosexuals or the same with lesbian people or the same with adulterers. I have been guilty of online adultery. What That's what it was labelled. Pornography is, and I agree, online adultery. If somebody is looking at pornography as a married man, they are in adultery, really, because they are entertaining sex and sexual thoughts with somebody that is not their wife. That's what the definition of adultery is. Amen? It is online fornication, really. It is, you know, all of those things. It all comes from the same place. Sin is rooted in the same place. It is wrong thinking about who God really is. So if I renew my mind, my life can be transformed. Okay? I believed for many years that pornography was not sin before I was a Christian. The moment I gave my life to Jesus, something turned in my heart. I did not stop looking at the pornography, but I felt guilty about it. I was grieving over it. It broke me. It convicted me. It caused me to cry out and pray and ask God for help. Something turned in my heart and in my mind and in my understanding. It wasn't an immediate freedom. It took over a decade. But God began to chisel away and bring truth into my mind. And over a period of time, I became more and more um, passionate about my freedom and getting freedom from that sin. Amen. Sometimes it can take people a long time. Some sins fall away overnight. I stopped swearing the moment I was born again. I stopped wanting to beat people up and kill people straight away. I, des I desired to love people, not hurt people. But this particular thing that I'm discussing, sex and sexuality, it plagued me all of my Christian life. Up until recently last year, I would say I was an addict, even addicted to these things. Not just falling into the odd sin, but drowning in it. So I understand sin can really have power over us if we have not come into right thinking about the power of the blood of Jesus, the victory of the cross, the power of the Holy Spirit. So we have to renew our mind to see transformation take place. Amen? Okay, I'm preaching, preaching, preaching now. So listen to what the Bible says, not what Rob Joy says, but what the Bible says. It says that they, those people that were living this way that we've been discussing, which includes us at one stage or another, were in fact shallow fools. Foolish behaviour. We are fools if we believe that God is not holy and God does not have order. We, it, we are fools to think that we can decide what is okay, what is not okay. We are fools to believe we can go into courtrooms and make decisions and go into government and pass laws that are contrary to the will and the word of God. The government, the laws, the education system, the, the healthcare system, all of these 
social areas, they must come into line with the scriptures to see righteousness prevail again. The Bible says in Isaiah that truth has fallen in the streets. So people in the streets, the way the world is, it's because truth has been lessened. It has fallen. And the church must rise, raise up the truth again and lift up the standard of God, proving that we need grace, proving that we need the blood, proving that we need forgiveness and proving a loving saviour came to save us from our sins and from ourselves. Amen? Amen. All right, we're nearly finished. So a fool would trade the unfading splendour of the immortal God and worship images of human hands, idols made to look like people, animals and birds. I've been to India to preach. Ah, it was a shock to my system. I would go down the road in a car and I would see cows dressed by humans with fancy clothing on. Cows, you know, the animal, cattle. Wearing makeup on the face, where the face has been painted, uh, where the cow has been dressed to look like some god, and people would worship the cow. People will worship an animal, but not God. That kind of darkness, that kind of thinking proves that we are foolish people. We are all but fools unless we are clothed in Christ. Amen? Amen. Where does the high priest Aaron suddenly get this idea from to allow the people to throw gold into the fire and out of this gold, create this golden calf? and have the people bow down and worship. That is as foolish as us now standing up, getting off the chairs, bowing down before this wooden table made of a tree and saying, holy is the tree, worthy is the tree, blessed is the tree, I give you glory tree. Ah, this tree, I worship you, I pray to you. We are shaking our heads in disbelief But that is the measure of foolishness that is in the human mind. And that might be foolish to us, but not some people. And to some people, what we do might be foolish. Because we have labelled the thinking of man as the same as God. The Bible says, God says, my ways are not your ways. And my thoughts, they are much higher than your thoughts. Amen. Amen. And it says here, and we're going to finish because of time. This is why God... God, not the devil. It doesn't say this is because the devil deceived us and the devil attacked us. We have to stop blaming God for everything, uh, blaming the devil for everything. He is not that big and he is not that powerful. Okay. The Bible says in Isaiah 10 that at the end of the time, we, you and I will stand back and say of the devil, we will see him. We will have a revelation of the devil. We will see him face to face. And the Bible says, we will say, is this the one who deceived the nations of the world? We will be in shock at how stupid we have been to allow the devil to rule in our lives. Amen? All right. It says, God lifted off his restraining hand and let them have their full expression of their sinful and shameful desires. So God's restraining hand was lifted. 
And he allowed us, he allowed them, he allows people to live any way they want to live. He takes away his restraint. That sounds good to most people in the world because they do not want any restraint. But there is a problem when we have no restraint. There is a big problem when we are in the driving seat of our own lives. When we are the decision makers by our desires and our thinking. There is a big problem. It goes on to say they were given over to moral depravity, dishonoring their bodies, sexual perversion. Why? All because they traded the truth of God for a lie. When we allow lies to replace truth, we have darkness. When we allow the devil, who is the father of lies, to change our thinking about God, we have destruction and uh, uh, depravity and dishonoring of our bodies. When we allow our own desires and thinking and foolishness to replace the truth of God for a lie, everything is upside down in our lives. We are out of order. We are out of sync with God. Amen? Because we traded truth for a lie, the Bible says we shall know the truth and the truth shall set us free. They worshipped and served the things God made rather than the God who made all things. So we started to worship the things instead of the one who made the things. Amen. That is idolatry. That is that is falsehood. That is false God. That is all of that. And we began to give praise to these things. For this reason, God gave them over to their own disgraceful and vile passions. So this is what God is calling disgraceful and vile. They were inflamed with lust for one another. Men and women ignored the natural order God's order is what God calls natural to what two gay men would call natural to them is not natural. It is a desire in them that has become in them through the fall of man and the sin of the world. It has come out of a sinful moral decay and darkness. It was birthed in them because of the darkness around them and within them. My old desire So I call it my old desire because it's no longer my desire to view other women on the internet and all of those things. That was sin in my heart. That was not me just following my natural desire. That was an unnatural desire that I was given into. The same way for two women, the same way for two men. It is not natural. But now they are saying it's natural, it's natural, it's natural. It's not natural. It's not normal. It is outside of God's provision and protection and identity. And we have given into these desires and called it natural when it is actually abnormal. I'm going to be in so much trouble if the wrong people listen to this message. But I have to speak the scripture. I have to confess my sin in a book and on TV and on the radio. I have shared my sin as sin. King David's repentance came because he admitted his sin was sin. 
He did not say, ah, but it's okay for me to sleep with another man's wife and kill him, kill the man. He said, I have sinned. His freedom came when he acknowledged he was a sinner. I am acknowledging I'm a sinner. I am saying homosexuals, they are just the same as me, sinners. There is no less or worse. They are not worse than me or better than me. I am not better than them. Sin is sin. Amen? Because we traded truth for a lie. It says, women ignored the natural order and exchanged their normal sexual relations for homosexuality. Exchanged, sorry, normal sexual relations for homosexuality. Women engaged in lesbian conduct and men committed shameful acts with other men. Receiving, here's the reason why we should not want God to remove his restraining hand. They received in themselves the penalty for the deviation. Sexual diseases, HIV, AIDS, all of these diseases, they have come about not just because of a devil that likes sickness and disease, but because man chose to ignore the ways of God. And the penalty, the price, the cost was found inside. It, it polluted our hearts. It caused a darkness inside. It brought in sexual uh, diseases. These things are the penalty for stepping outside of the banks of the river. It's the flood. It's the, well, and the picture I was given of the river flowing. In the banks, there is no sexual. I do not have, by the grace of God, sexual um, sickness. I, I do not have it in me. I do not have a sexually transmitted disease and neither does my wife. Why? Now we could have had because of previous lives. So what I say is by the grace of God. But when you are having sex with just your wife, a man and a woman in the confines of marriage and there is not sleeping around, there is not the risk of catching a disease from someone and bringing it back into the marriage. When you are living sexually pure according to God's word, there is no risk of sexual disease. I would like scientists and doctors to prove me wrong, that if you take a man and a woman and you test them, and they both have no sexual transmitted disease, sexually transmitted diseases, they are both clean, then they are married and they never have sex outside of the marriage and outside of each other. How will they get a sexually transmitted disease? It will not happen. It cannot happen because they are living in the banks of the river, not the flood that comes from no banks being in place. Amen? All right, I think I've made the point. Ah, I'm in trouble now with the media. I'm in trouble now, but I have to preach the Bible. We are doing a study of Romans. I have not set out to talk about this subject, but I have not refused to bring it into the discussion because otherwise I have to say, sorry guys, during our study of the book of Romans, we are skipping this huge part, por, por, portion of scripture because we don't want to talk about this. And so far, it's not Rob Joy speaking. It's not Rob Joy speaking. It's God speaking through Apostle Paul. Yeah. He's writing to the church in Rome. Amen. And we are just re-emphasizing uh, re yeah. what Paul is teaching. Amen. Reaffirming the scriptures. Yes. That's it. It is not my scripture. No. I did not write the book. Yes. I am just saying, I believe God. I believe all of God. And so I believe that if, let me be honest, for the sake of the people listening and for the sake of us as leaders, we have to start being honest. 
one of my previous desires, before Christ especially, in the area of pornography, and I think it would be the same of many men, would be to look at two women together. It is immoral, it is wrong, but if a man desires the body of a female, often they will look at two females together in pornography, okay? That is what I know many men that they would agree. I'm not asking you to agree or disagree. I'm not asking you to publicly confess your sins. But I'm just being honest. That was my desire and my struggle. So I was pulled, I believe, by the darkness in me, by the, the sinful nature in me, towards what is not normal and not natural. Because sin always wants what is forbidden. That's what the cause of the fall was. God put two trees in the garden. He gave order, he gave um, obedience, he gave free will. And man chose to disobey God's natural order, said, no, I'm going to do what I want to do, lusted after the forbidden fruit, took the forbidden fruit, and darkness came upon the earth. And now we call what is natural, unnatural, and what is unnatural, natural, because we have fallen from grace. And that's why we need the grace of Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that separates us from non-believers. It's the only thing that separates us from the corruption of the government. We are no better than these people in many, many ways. The only thing is we have said yes to the mercy, the kindness, the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And out of knowing that love, that then would empower us to start living morally different. But we are not more moral. We are not self-righteous. We are all sinners saved by grace that have become saints because of the blood of Jesus, because of the mercy of God. So I am no longer a sinner. I am a saint, even though I might think sometimes like a sinner. But the truth is I am a saint, set apart, righteous, holy, not because I am good by myself, not because of my own behavior, but by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. And so, Father, as we bring this challenging and difficult topic to an end on our Parading the Elephant podcast, talking about things that others may not want to tackle and talk about, we ask for grace, grace for the hearers, grace for the listeners, grace for those who may disagree. We ask that there could be maturity, that we would not hate one another because of a difference of opinion that we would not look at each other as less than because we see things differently. But we would know the challenge of God today to put him in his rightful place, back on his throne where he is regardless. And we would begin to align our minds and our lives with the word of God, not the standard of man. With the word of the scriptures, not with the current culture and generation that we live in. Holy Spirit, help us to lift back up to the greatness of God and the awesomeness of God and the reverence of God and the order and divinity of God in every area of our lives, including our sex and our sexuality. Help us to have healthy marriages. Help us to meet and marry the right person if we are single. Help us to restrain and abstain from sexual perversion, what God calls immoral, while we are in the process of waiting if we are single. Help us, Holy Spirit, to repent at a deeper level. Help me, Lord, to really, really deeply repent 
for previous sins and previous ways of living, for even as a leader, for making mistakes and leading others astray, really, with um, my own thinking in that area, where I was darkened, where I was immoral, where I was wrong. Help us to be humble, help us to be teachable, especially to your spirit, and help us to mature and grow in this area and not to hate and shame other sex groups and things of people of different sexual orientation and desire, but to recognize the root of it all. And it is because we have not rightfully honored God and seen him as Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Lord, bless the listeners. And I pray that you would prepare us for any backlash or any attack that might come because of just lifting up the scriptures and presenting what we see as the truth in the word of God. Bless the people today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.